Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Straightforward talk and out with it. Current events, local, world news, and trending. So come out and join me this fine Monday morning. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Truckers Podcast. And of course, this is also the Monday morning show, Coffee with You. So come on out here and join me. Let's get those thank yous out there to all of our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors, our nurses, and our paramedics, and our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And thank you to my listeners, my guests, and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here Well, here we are, start of a new week, weekend behind us. I hope everybody was safe. Hope everybody out there was following the rules and taking care. And so here we are. So I found this article last night and as I put in together some topics for this morning's show and uh, you know everybody uh, probably remembers uh, the Tiger King's Joe Exotic Joe Exotic so what has he been up to and what does he want so Joe Exotic from Tiger King uh, sues the Justice Department in an attempt to be pardoned by Donald Trump. <laughs> yes, that is funny. So the Tiger King star, Joe Exotic, is pulling out all the stops to get a pardon from, from Donald Trump in his final days in the office. 
Exotic sued the Justice Department in his, in his latest attempt. Joe Exotic seek, seeks to require the United States Office of the Pardon Attorney to comply with his ministerial duty to submit a recommendation to the President of the United States regarding Joe Exotic's application for pardon so that the President can exercise his constitutional discretion in determining whether the grant or deny application petition a complaint filed by Joe Exotic. There's a 257-page pardon petition describes the stars of Netflix documentary series as a gay, gun-touting redneck in Oklahoma. Exotic is currently serving a 22-year sentence for allegedly hiring a hitman to murder rival Carol Baskin. We all remember this on on uh, on Netflix. We all watched that program. I couldn't just stop laughing through most of it. You know how ridiculous you know this individual was. You know, Exotic has been pushing for a pardon on social media as well. You know, while speaking about uh, jails in America, he called the system backwards. If President Trump signs my pardon or I get out on appeal or otherwise, trust me, justice reform and prison reform are going to be on the top of my list. Yeah, you're an idiot. You know, he's also um, had his lawyers reach out to Kim Kardashian and hope she can convince Trump to pardon him. Kardashian has not commented on the matter. I don't know, maybe Kardashian likes Joe Exotic. I don't know. But uh, what a joke that is. You know, he's serving something like 20 years, 22 years or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's currently serving a 22-year sentence for the allegedly hired hitman. So, but, yeah, that's too funny. That's too funny if I just bring that up this morning here. So, you know, today, like I did mention last night, um, that uh, our premier of Ontario, is going to be announcing what could potentially be a province-wide lockdown. Now, and the reason being too, ladies and gentlemen, is that this pandemic, this virus, is just spreading, you know? So, When we look at the, the the modeling, you know, the modeling predictions, you know, and, and this is the reason for it. So today, the new Ontario COVID-19 modeling data expected on Monday, which is announcing 
also today, right? So this comes out of, of, out of CTV News um, Toronto. The Ontario health officials are expected to release updated modeling on the province's ongoing response to the COVID-19 pandemic late Monday morning. The data will be provided by Associate Chief Medical Officer of Health. This modeling is expected to be released just before Ontario Premier, uh, Premier, uh, Premier Doug Ford announces a province-wide lockdown set to go into effect on Christmas Eve. So, for the past six days, Ontario has, has logged more than 2,000 daily cases of COVID-19 infections surpassed the milestone in the deaths and across since the beginning of the pandemic. According to the sources, the decision was made based on modeling showing that under any scenario, Ontario would see 300 people in intensive care by the end of December. At the current rate of transmission, that number would grow to 700 patients by the end of January. The province has said that once the number of COVID-19 patients in Ontario intensive care units surpasses 300, supporting other medical needs not related to the disease becomes nearly impossible. And yesterday, you know, last night I was talking about, you know, these anti-maskers, these, these marches. All this shit against, against all oh, this against my liberties and freedoms, you know, and, and you and you go through these projections. If we do nothing, leave things the way they are, things are going to get a whole lot worse. At the current rate of transmission. The number of new COVID-19 cases will grow to 10,000 per day, and that is not good. Two weeks ago, health officials warned that if infections were to grow at a rate of 3% over the next month, Ontario could see roughly 5,000 daily cases of COVID-19. The total number of lab-confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Ontario now stands at 155,930, including deaths and recoveries. This is why it's so important, too, ladies and gentlemen, that we wear our masks, we sanitize our hands, we social distance, we don't gather in large, large, uh, large crowds, we don't hold house parties. You know, as this lockdown is looming, the announcement this afternoon, um, what does it mean? What, what are gonna, what, who and what's gonna be affected? You know, um, that will that'll be something that I will bring up tonight at 9 p.m. So, you know, as, as we try to, do our best, and I and I hope that you're not planning on having a, a large gathering um, this Christmas. 
you know, because that will not be a good idea. Your Christmas would just get more expensive. Now, this article is an interesting one here um, that I was looking at this morning. I remember I said yesterday about, you know, taking this to court and that. So, um, this is out in uh, Calgary, uh, Calgary, uh, Alberta. Um, this is uh, a temporary injunction sought against Alberta uh, of the covert of, of the covert restrictions at Christmas time. So, two Southern Alberta churches and three individuals are to be in a Calgary court today to argue that the province's COVID-19 restrictions cancel Christmas and infringe on constitutional rights. So no one said they're canceling Christmas. What they're doing is, you know, you don't need to have your Uncle Bob, your Uncle Doug, you know, your Uncle Tim, anybody else like that, and, and your nieces and nephews and your cousins, and your grandparents, and everybody in the same household. So Christmas isn't canceled anywhere. So I have to wait to see what happens with this one here and see how it infringes on the constitutional rights. They will be seeking an injunction to temporary stay select public health rules brought in by the Alberta government earlier this month. The measures limit Christmas celebrations to individual households. Yep, it does. Exactly what's happening here in Ontario and across Canada. And they're asking people to do this all over the world. You know, but here in Canada, you know, with the new restrictions that are coming out today, this afternoon, from our government here in Ontario. You know, these measures limit Christmas celebrations to individual households, restrict weddings and funerals to 10 people, and prohibit outdoor gatherings. You know, outdoor, outdoor gatherings of hundreds and hundreds of people. You know, if you're going to be out and you're with four friends, that's not an issue. As long as you're, you know, you're social distancing and wear your mask if you want outdoors. The Alberta, Jason Ken, uh, the Alberta Premier Jason Kenney announced that the stricter rules is to try to bring down stubbornly high COVID-19 cases and to ease pressure on hospitals. You know, so these, what, what I say here, you know, a couple of, a couple of churches and, and uh, yeah, it was... Uh, Two churches and three individuals bringing this, bringing this to court. Um, James Kitchen, a lawyer for the Justice Center of Constitutional Freedoms, says the restrictions violate the Charter of Rights and were and were imposed without consultation or review. Well, they don't do anything without consultation, and they don't do anything without reviewing it. You know, governments know this. 
You know, Kitchen says Alberta Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Dina Henshaw, has taken away people's rights to choose how they want to spend holidays. Uh, I don't think so. I really don't believe so because then, you know, that would be, you know, a major problem. We'd be doing this all across Canada. You know, everybody would be, you know, be taking this to court. I don't think they're going to get very far with this when there's the, uh, a public health emergency um, that's going on across Canada and around the world. But we'll see, you know, whether we hear anything today, whether it's thrown out or whether, uh, you know, we won't hear anything until after Christmas. But, you know, I'm sure these individuals would want an answer today. And it's probably going to be an answer that they don't like. Henshaw has ridden a uh, rough shot over the rights and freedoms of Albertans, even going um, as far as attempting to cancel Christmas and outlaw all forms of peaceful protest. Going as far as cancel Christmas. Yeah, I don't believe so. You know, I love it how lawyers can just exaggerate shit as well. You know? other exaggerations in there. It now falls on the course to decide if one unelected doctor can prevent millions of healthy Albertans who are at almost no risk of COVID-19 from deciding for themselves whether to celebrate Christmas with families in their own in their home homes. So what makes these people in Alberta um, Or, or almost at no risk. Everybody's at the same risk of catching COVID-19. Almost at no risk of getting COVID-19. Where, yeah, I don't think so. Inshaw um, has explained several times at her briefings that she makes recommendations based on the analysis of numbers and the rate of spread of COVID-19. But it's up to the government to make a decision on what public health measures to bring in. The latest rules also restrict restaurants and bars to delivery or takeout and have closed at casinos, gyms, recreation centers, libraries, theaters, and personal service providers such as hair salons and spas. Geez, I didn't see them coming out last spring about this when we went into a total lockdown. And this is what we're doing all across the province, all across Canada. Retail stores and churches can stay open, but at a 15% capacity, outdoor skating rinks and ski hills remain active. The Premier Kenny also brought in for a, a province-wide mask mandate um, for indoor public spaces, including workplaces. Uh, the last province in the country to do so. So everybody out in Alberta has this freaking problem. You know, good luck with that. You know, we'll find out probably in the next couple of days, probably before Christmas, we're going to get the answer from the courts. And we're going to see what happens. You know, 
we'll see. You know, other things, ladies and gentlemen, let me get to the bottom of my list here. Find out where that went. There we are. Now, you know, every year, um, the Salvation Army all across Canada, you know, is, is a great charity that helps millions of, of, of people every year, maybe not millions, but probably thousands of people. So things are tough and Canadian charities struggling as COVID-19 hits their bottom line. You know, people who are out of work, who generally maybe make a donation to the Salvation Army, you see them out there with their kettle, you know, and they're ringing the bell and looking for donations as they do every single year. As far as I can remember, even back when I was a kid. The familiar ringing of the handbells has gone silent at many Canadian shopping malls this year as the Salvation Army tries to cope with COVID-19 rules at a time of dropping donations. The Christmas kettle campaign has been replaced with a red and white sign and an electronic tap pad that allows people in Alberta, parts of Ontario and Manitoba to donate $5 using their debit card or credit cards. This is our 118th year of having kettles, and this is the first time we've ever had the kettles without people at them. The Salvation Army's Division Secretary. Hopefully next year we'll be able to welcome all of our volunteers back and get them to the malls and stores collecting again, but for 2020, this is a COVID safe Christmas. So these people out there, you know, in Alberta, that's going to take these mandated rules to court. I mean, good luck with that. Some 1,000 volunteers in Alberta were sent home after high case numbers led the government to tighten restrictions on gatherings and retail businesses last week. And ready, and, and ready cash for many people no longer working has dried up. So reaching donation targets is challenging. He said that the annual uh, campaign was slated to bring in 23 million, but it's off to a slow start. You know, if you can, ladies and gentlemen, you can make a small donation. You know, do so, only if you can. We've been planning since May and June, recognizing that the economy was taking a real hit realizing that meant our, our donors would have financial challenges as well as those that we serve. 
it's a two-edged sword. The head of the Ronald McDonald House Charities Canada said the organization, which operates 17 facilities across Canada, is struggling with fundraising as well. Things are tough. We're all, learnt, we're all leaning in and trying to figure out how to continue to deliver our mission in a world that has changed. 69% of our, of our charity are seeing a decline on an average of 30%. We're seeing a decline of up to 60% in some of our regions. And meanwhile, our costs are going. Ronald McDonald House provides communal living for families from out of town who have sick children in a hospital. Loblaw said retrofits may be needed in some locations to make them compliant with COVID-19 rules. Existing services will continue, but may require dipping into a fund set aside for future expansion, she said. Today, we serve just over 26,000 families a year. We are turning away over 3,000 families every year, and we, are, and we are nowhere near to meeting the demand for support that families need. You know, tough. This is really tough, you know, for, for charities out there. The Ronald McDonald House is a great charity, like I said, for sick children. Then. The, the, uh, the other mission services, the Salvation Army, you know, supports all other groups as well. You know, and then it just, uh, hey, how you doing today? Couple people come on the show here. So, what's new and exciting starting Monday morning? So, it's just out here, you know, uh, on this one particular article um, has to do with um, Canadian charities and um, the Salvation Army and the Ronald McDonald House, uh, which supports families with, with sick children. Um, you know, donations are down um, this year, you know, because, I mean, they, and they understand, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people struggling right now. So, you know, they're just hopefully, you know, hopefully next year things will be better. And that's what we all want. We all want to be better next year. You know, we want out of this mess that we're in, you know. Um, last night uh, on my show, I was talking about these anti-maskers, these anti-marches, um, you know, stop being part of the problem, become part of the solution. You know, we all need to toe the line here, you know, because when you go out and, and you gather hundreds of people, um, you're taking the risk. Of, of spreading or potentially getting COVID, and it just makes matters worse. You know, for an example, you know, a couple of weeks back, there was a party 
Uh, there was 22 people at this party, and 11 of those people contracted COVID-19 from that party. Half of them. You know, this is why it's so important that we social distance. This is why it's so important that we don't gather in large groups. This is why it's so important that we wear a mask, sanitize our hands. You know, you, you get these, you know, you get these these groups out there, you know, just causing problems like, the, you know, the one just over the weekend out in Alberta. You know, and um, people were, were asked to um, um, disperse. And, and what did they do? Or at least some of them didn't. They just ignored. They just ignored the officials. And the police had to be called in. Tickets were handed out. Some people thought it would be fine just to, to tussle with the police and only find themselves in handcuffs. You know, one individual is a 21-year-old individual saying, I'm doing this for me and for you. You're not doing me any favors. Acting like that, being an idiot like that. Certainly not doing me any favors. But doing a favor for me is following the rules. Now, apparently, out in Alberta, uh, there's a couple of churches and two individuals that is taking um, their mandated rules set by the government and health officials to court. Saying it has canceled their Christmas. It's taken away their, their freedoms and liberties. And we'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we won't hear anything on that probably for a little while anyways, because most judges don't don't have their answer immediately. But you remember that this is a um, a civil you know outbreak all over the world. It's killed. You know, well over a million people around the world. It's killed over 300,000 people just in the United States. The infection rates are going up. Here in Ontario, our, our Premier is making an announcement this afternoon on a province-wide shutdown. starting midnight Christmas Eve. You know, and, and uh, you know, when I go through some articles and, and I see um, the ridiculousness of people. You know, last night I was uh, talking about 
uh, a pastor, well, his son, um, he assaulted an 80-year-old man for putting signs out along the roadway, please wear a mask. The pastor's son's being charged with assault. He cracked three of the, the other the elderly gentleman's ribs from pushing him down. Is this what this has come to, ladies and gentlemen, that people cannot put a, a sign up along the roadway saying, please, wears a mask, and you're an anti-masker, and you've got to get up in somebody's freaking face? Especially uh, get up, get up, and get up into an old man's face, an elderly man's face, and push him to the ground. This is what this has become. That's just absolutely ridiculous. And then these idiots that's taken this to court out in Alberta, you know, good luck with that. You know, it's just, you know, when I read some of these articles, ladies and gentlemen, it's just getting flipping ridiculous with people. You know, I've said this from time to time again on my podcast, children listen better than adults do. And we're supposed to be the adults, right? We're supposed to protect our families. We're supposed to protect our friends our co-workers, our children. Of course, you know, there's got to be idiots out there. You know, there has to be idiots out there around the world. You know, because it was just, you know, we didn't have idiots out there like this. You know, in, in times of this, of times of this crisis or, or any other crisis we have around the world with idiots out there, the world would be boring. The world would be boring without idiots. You know? Besides what else, we, we have lots of things to laugh at, but, you know, we have to laugh at these idiots. Because I certainly do. You know, it's time these people pull their heads out of their ass. That's what it's time for. You know, because these people out there who are the anti-maskers, go to the anti-marches, this is against my rights and, and, and my freedoms. They don't give a shit about you. They don't give a shit about people who have died from this virus. They just give a shit about themselves and nobody else. And that really pisses me off. I don't see them. I don't see these idiots going up to these families who have lost, lost loved ones to this virus and tell them that this is against their rights and liberties and freedoms. Because you say that's something to those people who lost loved ones, they were sure going to turn around 
and probably just kicked the shit out of you. Because they've had enough. We all have had enough. Yes, the vaccines are rolling out. Yes, it's going to take some time to get people vaccinated. You know, especially with populations like the United States. So it's 10 times population of Canada. And our government is talking by next September, October, that we would have a majority of Canadians vaccinated. Imagine how long it's going to take the United States. You know, we've gotten this far, you know, and we're even lucky to even have these vaccines rolling out because at the beginning of all this, they were talking 18 months to two years before vaccines would come out. And here we are. The Moderna vaccine is going to be rolling out of the United States along with the Pfizer. We got to wait on, on the on Canada to to um, okay the, the Moderna vaccine. You know, and you know, when when we see when I see these things, and, and I know people are, are people are struggling. You know, it is hard to give to charity. And the charities, you know, they understand. They fully understand because these charities help people who are struggling. And they understand that times are But there are brighter days coming. Normalcy is coming. But it's going to take time. And yes, you know, we, we, we get impatient. We get upset. You know, but here in Canada, you know that our government is going to help. We're not going to be fighting how much money is going where and when and why. No, money is already out there. Money has money never stopped flowing to Canadians from the onset of this pandemic. It has never stopped. The name has changed on, on the programs, you know. You know, it was the emergency recovery benefit. Now it's EI, but it's the same amount of money, $500 a week to those that need it. And for those who just went back part-time and only getting a few hours a week, they can still collect to help offset any costs they may have. Of course, if, you, if you're lucky, enough to go back full time, well, then you're not eligible, you know, for anything unless it affects your job again. Now, these, these, this um, lockdown coming here in Ontario, um, 
will be announced this afternoon by the Premier of Ontario. Probably not until about 2.30 in the afternoon when we're going to hear um, what lockdowns and where and for how long. You know, because our cases are on an, on an increase. So, you know, when government sits down with um, health officials, when they sit down with people from, from the hospitals and to tell the government what is going on and the top doctors in the province, you know, um, they, are, they are talking about, you know, if we don't do this now, this is what we're going to see at the end of the month. This is what we're going to see coming into January, regardless of the, regardless of the vaccines rolling out. I hate this just as much as anybody does, ladies and gentlemen. You know, but just imagine for a moment if nobody did anything where we would be. Look at the mess that the United States is in. It's just horrible. It's sad. Our neighbors to the south. of what they're going through and other large countries. Look at the United Kingdom. Now there's a, there's a, a new strain of this, of this, of this uh, COVID. Countries all around the world now has canceled flights from the United Kingdom. And these people out there I just think that this is just bullshit. You know, you're just absolutely ridiculous. You know, maybe because they think this is against their liberties and freedoms and rights because they haven't lost anybody yet due, 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 due to COVID. I don't wish illness on anybody. And I hope this doesn't happen to a member of your family. This is serious business, people. You know, maybe some people might just get, uh, you know, some light symptoms of COVID. Some might get um, medium to moderate. You know, they might have some lasting effects for a little while when they recover, according to the doctor. Then you have the severe cases. You could be 21 years old and get a severe case of COVID. COVID doesn't pick and choose uh, the level of sickness it's going to give you. People in their 20s have died from COVID. 
you know, we just, you know, with the vaccines rolling out, this is a time that we all really need to start to toe the line. Let's get through this Christmas the way the mandated rules are set. It's not going to hurt just to have immediate family in the household. All your aunts and uncles, cousins, grandparents, I'm pretty sure they understand. If you have COVID on your guest list, you need to take COVID off your guest list. Same with New Year's. If you accidentally sent an email or whatever to COVID, you need to cancel that email and tell COVID that it's not welcome in your household. You know, now's the time to get that memo out there to, to, uh, to COVID that it's not welcome in your household. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me this morning. I will be back out here at 8 p.m. tonight. And um, do some Christmas, do some Christmas stuff. You know, hopefully you're bringing cheer, good cheer to you and your family. And then um, I will be back out on Tuesday evening, Wednesday evening. And I think, I don't think Christmas Eve because I'm not sure what time I'm going to be done work at. And that's a time for, for you and, and, and my family um, in our household to, to be together. So, so probably just Tuesday and Wednesday and then um, back out um, the day after Christmas. So that would be Saturday. Um, but I'll have it posted up on, on Podbean. Um, for 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 you guys and, and the followers, um, so thank you again for joining me this morning. And um, let's get those those thank yous out to um, all our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics, and our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me. Hope you can join me this evening at 8 p.m. Until then, take care and be safe.